and welcome to episode six of the Inspires podcast. So last week began the first official episode that'll be the regular series with an interview of me, Jess M. Cutler, sharing all the endeavors that my road to reinvention has inspired me to create. Uh, I mentioned last week that we may start the first of these smaller encouraging messages on a topic that I'm extremely passionate about, uh, the five love languages. But as I have sat down to really put my heart on paper, I keep being pulled back to the present moment to share where I am on my journey in shifting my career to a calling. Honestly, I, I didn't want to go to this place first because I feel like every day I am learning something new and uh, I like to be able to go back at the end and like tell you everything that I figured out. Uh, but apparently that's not what my heart wants. My heart wants to share my journey with you in real time. Yay. Yeah, I know I keep saying that I am here to help every individual discover their gifts and find where they intersect their passion and find their calling. <laughs> but the real truth is that I'm only encouraging others to do it so that maybe they can inspire me to help me understand how all of this comes together in my own life. I actually just got back from a She Works His Way women's conference and they said to encourage someone is not to affirm but rather to, it's like rather the act of putting courage in someone, in courage. So I hope that by sharing my thoughts and questions I keep having as I am searching for my own purpose, will put courage in you to ask your own questions and set out on your own quest. So in an effort to approach this topic with humility, I want to take you back to episode three and remind you that in 34 years of life, being humble hasn't really been a large part of my day to day. But trying to become more humble has actually been the first step after healing my bitter heart in trying to really understand what my gifts are and how they intersect my passion. So it's been really like the first step in this quest to find my purpose. See, before I actually thought that my gifts were like everything, um, I did not fail. And when you feel like you never fail, uh, you never stop to think that there may be something that you're better at than others. You think that you can learn and do anything that you set your mind to, which is true to some extent, but it's kind of like spandex, you know, like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, just because I can pop up a backdrop with pipe and drape doesn't mean I should sell myself as an event draper, like event draping company. Yeah, just ask my husband who uh, <laughs> I made stand on top of a 12 foot ladder to reach a 20 foot tent ceiling to attach fabric with 25 mile per hour wind gusting every five minutes. I mean, the math made sense, like on paper, 12 foot ladder, he's six foot, arms up, could definitely reach two more feet. Who knew you weren't supposed to actually use the top of the ladder as like the base and that like fabric can actually lift you like a sail when the winds are that high. <laughs> yeah, Will doesn't say no to me on a lot of things um, in life or business, but uh, tent draping is a hard no for him after this setup. But that's not the only time. Like, I can't tell you how many times a vendor has made me mad by thinking a little too highly of themselves or their services, and I've been like, well, it can't be that hard. Yeah, those are like famous last words. Fun fact. Uh, they may have forced me to come up with some cool, creative things and have certainly built up my confidence in trying something new or taking on a hard task, but in the end, I always eat those words, and they fall back into that category of, like, learning the hard way. So, since I had already felt like I learned that pride cometh 
before the fall when it came to humility after COVID, you can imagine I was trying to proceed with a little more caution when the world started to open back up and I started to get phone calls again for my event planning company. Uh, see, in my self-development, I had learned what humility was in theory, but I didn't feel like I'd really received any like real world application strategies to start putting into practice. Um, I kept listening to podcasts to try to learn more, um, and everyone, like Jay Shetty, John Maxwell, and Milet, just kind of kept saying the same thing. Like, to live a more humble life, I just need to recognize that when people are saying how amazing I am, it wasn't me that was amazing, that it was my gifts that they were admiring. So while it was okay to be proud of my accomplishments, uh, to truly be humble, I needed to recognize the opportunity or the mentor or simply the giver of my gifts and give that praise back to the source. And for me, that source was God. All the devotionals kept saying that to truly humble myself, I needed to serve others not by striving to glorify myself, but to glorify God. And I kind of kept running into this phrase, like glorify God. Like every time I kept looking for more information about humility. Now, we all know, I've grown up in church, so the word glorify like wasn't a new word for me, but when I hear it, um, I immediately thought it meant like to praise or to worship. So, okay, don't praise yourself, Jessica, praise God. Okay, but I kept thinking things like, okay, so if I design and plan an event and then someone tells me that it's fabulous, I need to answer every compliment with, well, I'm just the vessel, like God really designed and he really planned the event. So I really just, I need to have to give that praise to him, like really, not to me. I, I don't know, it just felt weird. Like, I'm not saying I shouldn't say that, but like, I'm also a real world girl. Like nobody wants to hear that answer every time they want to give you a compliment. Like that, I don't know, that just kind of like came off fa as fake as any other self-centered response I'd ever given. So like the wheels really kind of got turning because I'm a planner and I'm an overthinker and I overthink everything and that's just kind of what I do. But I started down the rabbit hole of, okay, well, if I'm supposed to glorify, I'm supposed to praise him, that's what he really wants out of me. Like, am I actually praising him if I'm only planning events? I mean, he's God. Like he does like way bigger and way more important things like than making sure like the tables are pretty and the props are in place and the band is awesome and the drinks are filled. I mean, like he performs miracles. Like parts the Red Sea, brings people back from the dead. So <laughs> as I was spinning in this space of just trying to be a better, more humble human, and figuring out like what humble should look like in practice, I asked one of my friends who's who's wonderful at guiding people through things like this. And she was like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, why don't you just ask him to show you what he means? And it was the weirdest, I don't know. It was, like, it was kind of like a weird moment because as Christians, like I know that we've all heard the phrase like in some sort of capacity, like, you know, thou shalt not put your Lord God to test or whatever it says, um, which would have been my normal response to that statement. If I had not read a devotion that morning about how God actually, now just bear with me, he like sent Isaiah the prophet like literally out to the middle of this field and was like, hey, wait for this King Ahaz, he's gonna pass today, but I need you to deliver him a message. And basically like I need you to tell him that he needs to ask me for a sign. Um, and it wasn't like they had text messages, not like they planned it, like it was literally like, okay, I'm gonna go stand in the middle of the field and wait for the king to pass. Um, so, you know, anyway, he does this, King Ahaz is like, oh, I can't put the Lord God to test. 
And, uh, which is hilarious because this, this king was like literally burning his, his sons as sacrifice. I mean, it wasn't like he was like following the 10 commandments or anything. Um, but anyways, he wouldn't put him to test, even though God sent the message and told him to. And so then God was like, okay, fine. Then I'll just give you the sign that you need. And basically I think he ended up in captivity like the rest of his people. It wasn't pretty. So anyway, after reading this story in Isaiah seven, like I took my friend's advice to heart just in case she was like the Isaiah in my life. So my prayer was like, God, I'm trying to be more humble. I'm trying to glorify you, but I don't know what that means. Like, can you give me some guidance, like so clear that it smacks me in the face? Okay, so time out. Back up to about a month prior, my best friend Mandy and I decided to attend the women's conference that I had mentioned earlier. So when the tickets came out, like I reached out and was like, okay, are we doing this? If we should, we need to buy our tickets, like right now, get the best rate. Mandy's like, yes. She goes directly and buys her tickets, which is what I should have done, which is totally not what I did. Instead, I got distracted, and a month later, I was like, I gotta buy my ticket. So I go in, buy my ticket, no big deal, whatever. Okay, so a few days later after I said my, my prayer about humility, actually, <laughs> not humility, well, it was humility, but asking for a sign, basically, I got this book in the mail, and it was apparently a promotion only offered for the month that I registered for the conference. Like, honestly, it was probably like, it was probably a promotion for like the day, the second, the minute that I, that I put in the order. And so anyway, so it came in the mail and it was called, or it was entitled Called to Create and it was by Jordan Rayner. And in the intro, it said it was going to answer some questions for me. And guess what questions this book said it was going to answer? Quite a few actually that I was very interested to know, but most specifically, it said what, <laughs> it was going to answer what the right questions should be when trying to understand my calling and what it should look like to create, not in order to make a name for myself, but to glorify the one who has called me to create and love others. Like blatantly, plain as day, this book was going to directly answer my questions as well as a few others that I really needed to know. <sighs> yeah, talk about a smack in the face. I mean, how many times do we ask God questions or do we not ask God questions because we feel like we'll never get an answer? Like. <laughs> Let me tell you, sometimes he answers us in subtle ways, sometimes not at all, which I certainly feel is an answer in itself. And sometimes he mails us a freaking book. Like, in order to humble myself for others, I first had to humble myself before him. And by doing so, he sent me the answers I was seeking in print, in black and white, like in the mail, no less. <laughs> and what I discovered in this book has become the heart of the entire Inspire's mission. So... If you want to know what that is, come back next week as we'll continue this discovery on episode seven of the Inspires podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.